Welcome to Sheikhing It Up with Sheikh Fayaz, your daily dose of spirituality this Ramadan. A'udhu billahi minash shaytan rajim bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim wa bihi nasta'in wa sallallahu ala Muhammadin wa alihi at-tahirin. وَأَمِّرْنِي مَا كَانَ أُمْرِي بِذْلَةً فِي طَاعَتِكَ فَإِذَا كَانَ أُمْرِي مَرْتَأً لِلشَّيْطَانِ فَاقْبِذْنِي إِلَيْكَ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَسْبِقَ مَقْتُكَ إِلَيْكَ أَوْ يَسْتَحْكِمَ غَضَبُكَ عَلَيْكَ اللهم لا تدأ خصلة تؤاب مني إلا أسلحتها ولا آئبة أؤنب بها إلا أحسنتها ولا أكرومة في ناقصة إلا أتممتها One moment, one act of sin, of transgression, one moment of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could lead us to ultimate detriment in this world and in the next. If we lose focus for one second, it can be so dangerous in terms of our future happiness, not only in dunya, but in the akhirah as well. Think about it. One word that I utter, one phrase, one moment of anger, one moment where I decide to try something that I shouldn't be trying, one sin that I commit can lead to a detriment in terms of all of my relationships, in terms of my friendships, in terms of my familial arrangements, whatever it might be. Again, because of one word, one statement, one act, which is why it is so vital for the human being to be in a state of mindfulness of self consistently and to perform what is known as muhasabat nafs to look and to account for every one of our good deeds, for every one of our bad deeds, and to never get too comfortable with who we are, not in a negative way, but in a way that we're seeking self-improvement, in a way that we're seeking growth. If I'm driving down the highway and I lose focus for one second, I could hurt myself, all of the passengers in my car, as well as everyone on the road around me. When I lose focus with regards to my own soul, my own heart, my own self, well, the very same remains. It can be detrimental to myself everyone in my home, and all of my community around me. And it's a sobering and humbling thought to realize that if I had made one decision differently than I had made 10 or 15 years ago, I would be in a totally different place. I wouldn't know what the month of Ramadan was. I wouldn't be concerned with praying in the darkness of night or fasting during the day or listening to a podcast when I could be listening to just about anything else. But I'm here because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been kind to me and has supported me and took me out of where I might have been in terms of deviance, in terms of deception to this own heart of ours. That's out of the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Due to the little bit of effort that we put in, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he wants us to be successful on this journey toward finding Him, toward seeking Him, toward being in a state of obedience to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in this next line of Imam Ali ibn Hussein, Zain al-Abideen, alayhi salam, we ask God that we are able to be blessed and have the tawfiq to truly live a life 
of obedience to Him, Azzawajal. For one moment again of transgression, it can lead us to such a dark hole. And you take a look at this examples of that which are presented within the whole Qur'an or within the history of the Prophet and his family, alayhim salam. You see, a personality like that of Qarun. Qarun is the right-hand man of Fir'aun, the Pharaoh, in the story of, Mos- in the story of Musa, alayhi salam. Qarun had such a desire for wealth and for the accumulation of wealth that he would take his gold and silver coins and fill them up into a room and it is said that he just loved to look at his wealth. And he was known at the same time to be very stingy, so he wouldn't even spend it on his own self or on his own family. And when he dies, that money and that gold that had been accumulated, well, it just went to ruin, not benefiting him in the dunya and undoubtedly not benefiting him in the akhirah. But all it started with was one desire to accumulate too much. That one act of sin, one act of transgression, and he is vilified within the Qur'an from day one until the very last day. What is it that consistently encaptures the soul of ours and takes us away from the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? During this month of Ramadan, we need to identify those spiritual diseases, thus emptying them from our heart so we're able to fill our heart again with virtue, with etiquette, with beauty, with all the most beautiful and sublime qualities and characteristics that we certainly, by God's grace, have the potential to fill our hearts with. The Imam alayhi salam in this dua, he states, وَأَمِّرْنِي مَا كَانَ أُمْرِي Oh Allah, you've given me this gift of life. So allow for this gift of life that you have given me to only being in your submission and in your subservience. فَإِذَا كَانَ أُمْرِي مَرْتَأً لِلشَّيْطَانِ فَاقْبِذْنِي إِلَيْكِ A bit sobering and a bit humbling, the Imam salam he states, And if you see my heart, if you see my soul, if you see my life being captured by shaitan, by the satanic tendencies, well then, oh Allah, take my life. I don't want to live a life in disobedience to you. That's not going to bring me happiness in this dunya. And definitely, definitely, I don't want to be accounted for in the world beyond this one. Again, people live a life of obedience to God for 30, 40, 50, 60 years. But one desire that presents itself in front of us and we're willing to trade it all away, all away in one moment. But before we are tested with that, the Imam salam is saying, Oh Allah, take my life. I don't want to be put in that position whereby the satanic tendencies of greed, of lust, of whatever it is that inflicts pain spiritually on this heart and soul before it overtakes me and I live a life of regret in the world beyond this one. Again, consistently during this month of Ramadan, it's important that we're cultivating the heart and soul so that if that exam truly comes to us, where we have the opportunity to choose between right and wrong, good and evil, beauty and everything not beautiful, then we make the right decision so that we're able to see what it is that we're working toward. We're able to recognize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
will undoubtedly put us in positions in order to try us in this dunya. We take a look at that example of Hur al-Riyahi, who on the day of Ashura, he sees between these two paths. He sees himself either standing against the son of the daughter of the Messenger of God in Hussein ibn Ali, ibn Abi Talib alayhi salam. And when that man, he comes to him and he says, Oh Hur, he says, if someone were to ask me about the most brave and the most courageous of the men of Kufa, by God, I would have said that it was you. But why do I see you trembling at this moment? Hur was a noble man of Kufa. He was a man who was the commander of one of the biggest armies in the entire region, and that was the army of Amr bin Sa'ad under the authority of Yazid bin Mawiyah. And on the flip side, in the opposing battlefield, he sees the grandson of Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa standing and bowing and prostrating in a state of remembrance and obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he sees his women and children about to become prisoners on the 10th of Muharram, the day of Ashura, to which he states his famous line, Inni ara nafsi bayna jannati wa nar. He says, I'm trembling and I'm fearful because I see myself between paradise and the fires of hell. I see myself between the angelic qualities that the human being is meant towards seeking in contrast to those satanic tendencies exemplified by Banu Umayyah. In this line, the Imam alayhi salam, again he states, فَإِذَا كَانَ أُمْرِي مَرْتَأً لِلشَّيْطَانِ فَاقْبِذْنِي إِلَيْكِ If I were to fail in that own trial of mine, O oh Allah, and you see shaytan overtaking me, then I don't want to live a life of disobedience to you. قَبْلَ أَنْ يَسْبِقَ مَكْتُكَ إِلَيْهِ أَوْ يَسْتَحْكِمَ غَضَبُكَ عَلَيْهِ Oh Allah, I'm asking you for this because I'm worried that hatred is going to overtake me and that your wrath will become too close for comfort, so to say. I don't want to be a recipient of your punishment, O oh Allah. I want to be in your pleasure. I want you to look toward the angels and the dwellers of paradise and say, this man, this woman, they are my servant. And I want you to attribute me to you because I have nothing without you. And your anger is not that, which I have the ability, the capability to be a recipient of. So only allow for my life to be a life of obedience to you. اللهم لا تدأ خصلة تؤاب مني إلا أسلحتها That, oh Allah, if I have a quality, if I have a trait that is a bit faulty, that is not perfect, that needs working on, then I need your help, I need your assistance, I need you to be the one who reconciles that for me, oh Allah. I have this heart and I'm trying my best and there are certain things that I'm just unable to do but I need you to perfect that. I need you to fix that for me because no one else can do it other than you, O oh Allah. He says, O oh Allah, I have some flaws which I know that I will be blamed for. I know that you will hold me to account. Why was I proud, prideful? Why am I arrogant? Why did I get angry at others? But I need you to help me to remove this. I need you to remove all of these negative 
characteristics and quality traits. During the month of Ramadan, particularly in the fasting hours, we realize really quickly just what it is that we need to work on. First step is to diagnose that disease. And then the second step is to actually go ahead and work on it. But the only way that we can be successful is by setting our attention aright. And that starts with us asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be the one who assists us and helps us purify the soul and the heart in the first place. Sure, you can read a self-help book that tells you how to be less angry or how to be less prideful or how to be kinder or gentler when it comes to your words or in your relationships or whatever it might be. In fact, you can even benefit from the ayat of the whole Qur'an undoubtedly and the advices and the words of wisdoms of the Prophet Muhammad wasallam and the Imams of Ahlul Bayt, peace and blessings be upon them, when we want to rectify all of those negative quality traits that we have. But we will be unable to truly maximize what we have the capability in terms of maximizing if we don't start and we don't ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us in that journey. And that's exactly and precisely what it is that we're doing. وَلَا أُكْرُومَةً فِيَ نَاقِسَةً إِلَّا أَتْمَمْتَهَا The Imam alayhi salam continues and he says, And oh Allah, he says, when I look at my own traits, I see deficiency. But I need you to be the one to help me complete it. I need you to help me to be the one who through my little bit of effort, starting with my intention, you're able to push me forth. You're able to give me the strength to ask you, to seek from you. I need that support so that I can recite the Quran. I need that extra support so that I can read the ahadith of Ahlul Bayt, alayhim salam. I need your support so I can work toward all of my flaws. I need your help such that I'm able to be mindful before I utter something that I shouldn't be speaking, that I look at something that I shouldn't be looking at, that I'm in a setting, that I'm in a gathering that I should not be in. I need you to help me, O oh Allah. I need you to be my backbone, my support, my pillar. In these lines of Imam Ali Zain al-Abideen salam, we learn truly about intentionality and about a sense of a recognition that we're unable to be successful if it's not for the grace and the guidance and the support of the Lord of the Worlds. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. Walhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahumma ala muhammadin wa alihi al-tahirin. For more spiritual content year-round, follow Fayaz Jafar on social media.